Hello and welcome to the Soul of Innovation podcast. I'm your host Thomas Anglero and sitting in front of me is a friend, someone who challenged me a few months ago and made, asked me to tell my story and he captured it on video and is on his website called thehumanaspect.com. And he's the founder of The Human Aspect. His name is Jimmy Westheim. Jimmy, say hello, please introduce. Hello, thank you so much for inviting me, Thomas. It's always uh, a pleasure, no matter if it's uh, by chance, like two weeks ago, or by schedule, like today. And um, yeah, like you said, I'm the founder of uh, The Human Aspect, the world's first life experience library, where people like yourselves are being challenged to, to dare to be vulnerable for others to connect, to to share your life's toughest challenge on tape, on video, but more importantly, how you overcame it and what you as a person have learned. Because that knowledge in itself is captured in a raw and authentic way. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. When, when people go to your website, thehumanaspect.com, and everybody listen, just go to the damn website, pull over the car. If you got a Tesla, hit the web browser, which sucks on Teslas, but it'll get there eventually. Um, because the holidays are here, because the new year is here, because all of us are entering the holidays and it's time to reflect, and you're frustrated, you're looking at the last year, and you're going, oh my God, da, da, whatever. You need something, that catalyst to help you. And when we ran into each other because I was lost, <laughs> let's be honest, I walked in the wrong building, um, there were no coincidences, right? No. And it was very easy to connect the dots to say that um, the world needs you and your story, the human aspect. They absolutely do, especially now with the new year, especially with everything going on in the economy and, and uncertainty. So what do people experience? They, they, when they go to the human aspect, it's not just a website, right, with videos. Well, yes. You know, in preparation for this video, I was clicking through some of these videos and started to cry again. This tears you up because somehow you have a gift of having people to tell their story from the deepest within. And I think the people listening to this podcast, when you see other people talking from within, it makes you comfortable talking to your deep self as well. I mean, you tell me how. Go ahead. The floor is yours, please. I think one of the things that you experienced as well when, when you had been interviewed is that you were asked questions that you potentially, even you, hadn't thought of, yeah. which is, you know, most of the people have thought of what has been your life's toughest challenge, right? Yeah. All of us have. Hmm. Maybe not specifically one, but we've all thought about the challenges we have. But when we are over them, we are so eager to take that challenge and all the agony and shove it down to a chest, shove it under the bed hmm. and forget about it. Yeah. And then you lose out on that one thing that could have made it all worth it. Yesterday, we interviewed a lady that had lost her husband for, for cancer. Two and a half years of battle, just lost her husband. And she said with a straight face, I would have never replaced that time mm. if I could choose. Mm. Because mm. now I know my former husband or late husband better than ever mm. and if you can say that at to, to the deepest of the toughest of the challenges of, of losing someone you love it means that that chest that lesson that you're throwing away if you don't ask yourself the question what have I learned and how did I actually manage to get out of it what am I left with with, with abilities and lessons mm. 
it's worth nothing. Then why are you even living in, in the end of the day? Because if we're not living for that and sharing that after and using that in work, in innovation, or just in life as a husband, as a mother, as a brother, then what is life? That's why the name, the human aspect. I believe this is what makes us human in general. Yeah, believe, your belief is 100% correct. But what you're doing, though, is you're capturing the inner soul of people. They're, they're de- the most passionate moment that defined them before their past or maybe defined them going forward, you know? And it's... It changes me every time I go to your website. It's very beautiful to hear that. <clears throat> it absolutely does. And you know, one of the one of the beauties of our brain, you know, to, to go a little bit deeper into the material of things, is that when I asked you the question, can you share the moment mm. in detail mm. that in your story was about your son receiving, mm. you know, the diagnosis of of cancer? Mm. Your brain literally takes you back there and you have lost all the knowledge in that moment. You are telling the story as if you were there, mm. if I get you to connect to that. And mm. some, with some people, it takes a little bit of going back and forth. And with you, it was rather quick, which, yeah. is, which is great. And so that moment is authentic. You're literally sharing a memory mm. like, like a movie. And then you ask you the second question, how did you overcome it? Normally, you come into a, a pure, happy time. You're moving forwards in time. And again, sharing sharing a memory. Mm. So if you're watching the videos, it's like it's different people. Mm. It's, like, it's like I filmed you five years ago, three years ago, and now. Mm. And the last question is, what have you learned? Where you suddenly see that most people haven't even thought of that question. Because they've shoved that chest under the bed. Yeah. So the reflection that is coming... I would say in 75% of the time is raw, authentic in that moment reflection because they didn't know the answer. And that's when you get what I believe to be the golden answers, the things that hasn't been dragged through the filters of a grown-up's mind that is adapted to the truth. It's it's raw. Exactly. Why why do we have to, why do we bury these things? You know, the the people, the people listening to this, right? This is, this Use the Human Aspect website, humanaspect.com. I will plug this website till I die. Use it to help you to touch yourself. But I think the bigger question where you're, you're saying is, why do we bury these things? This is it. You know, we got the new year coming. Stop burying stuff. Because you're, you're burying yourself. Yes. You're burying your feelings. You're burying your emotions. And before we started the interview, I was telling you about how there's a lot of couples out there where the relationship itself is buried. Yeah. So imagine yourself. Let's reflect on what normally happens in the end of the year. So let's say you had a tough year, which which goes for many. Everybody, yeah. Let's say it was something tough at work. Let's say you had a conflict. Let's say you had to change your job. Let's say you had an accident. Or let's say something is with your marriage like this, your apathy. You're just existing yeah. no matter where you are. Yeah. And then you're coming into the new year and we're doing the same mistake, all of us, if you personally ask me. We're doing, okay, new year, I'm going to do everything different. Let's forget about 2018. 2019 is new. Mm -hmm. First mistake. Exactly. You know, in the end of the holidays, like you said, when you started this, it's time for reflection. Mm. 
Reflection means daring going back to what was painful. Mm. Why did 2018 feel like a year you want to bury? Mm. Why are you looking so much forward to 2019? Why are you looking forward to Friday when you're going home from work? It's the same question. It's just that it's coming up each week. So instead of doing that this year, try to challenge yourself and find out what did you learn from the toughest parts of this year that you now take when you're entering 2019 as a better person of yourself. Because I strongly believe that if you had a really shitty year, you're a much better person entering 2019 than a person who just flew by 2018 and had the year of his life. I'm not saying there's something wrong in that, but that person most likely didn't have the challenges that made the evolution that a person with a tough year. I, I, I completely agree with you, but let's, I would frame it differently, or let's frame it clear. No offense. And that is that I agree with you. You had a crappy year. You are fortunate because you have more reference points to learn from, to reflect from. That's being fortunate because some people are saying, what do you mean I had a crappy year? Well, how fortunate am I, right? This that doom and gloom mm-hmm. look, right? Uh, feel sorry for me type of thing. That's not what it is. You have to reflect. Mm-hmm. You have to reflect. Yes. Reflect is growing. And then when you reflect on, and when we say when I say reflect on why you had a bad year or whatever, you got to go very deep into that. Mm-hmm. You can't, and if you're at the only level, my boss did this to me. Going back to square one, you have to start, yeah. You got to dig. What did I do? Yeah, exactly. It's what? always about I. Hmm? That's it. That's it doesn't, doesn't mean that context didn't make this happen. Right. You know, a car accident is a car accident. If you're hit from behind, it's normally not your fault. Exactly. But it doesn't mean that there's something with that situation that couldn't bring a lesson forward. If you had a tough situation where you feel like your boss is, uh, is just an idiot or that just unfair, which most of us feel, hmm. we tend to forget that the boss's view of things is completely different. I learned a fantastic lesson from my, from my late uh, grandmother when I was a kid. I was so frustrated with my sister. She was always messy. You know, when okay. I asked her to clean the kitchen, yeah. I was cleaning the you know living room. We were doing chores together. Yeah. And then I came in to inspect, you know, as a bigger brother I was, the kitchen. <laughs> I came in, I was like, I lost it. I was screaming, why didn't you do it? You're lazy. And I, I, I gave her, a, you know. What did she say, though? And then my grandmother said, remember that your sister sees the world very differently than you do. Ooh. The dirt that I saw or the things that I felt was not clean, she didn't even see it. So I assumed that she had the same view of details as I did. So I gave her a, a shouting based on my own perception. Then I believed that my sister was lazy. Mm-hmm. That was my assumption, right? Mm-hmm. That she didn't want to do it. Mm. But that wasn't right. It was just that she felt mm. honestly that she had done a good job. Exactly. Which could also go from your boss sometimes when we don't have the perspective of the stress, especially if it's a, it's a middle link, you know, if your boss actually has a boss again on yeah, top, right. feeling pressure down that you don't see, right. has heaps of employees of your colleagues that also give pressure and stress, have maybe a wife, a kid, maybe the kid is sick. Like with your, with your story, most of the people around you probably didn't know, mm. especially at work. And most of us men, especially, 
But also women, modern women in 2018, have a tendency to not share mm. because we so desperately want to deal with it alone. Mm. And then you're coming to the moment where you're judging everyone around you mm. based on your perception. Mistake mm. number one, if you ask me. That's where you really can learn if you dare to let that down and literally try to enter someone else's shoes, even if they don't fit, just to see a little bit. And of course, there's two ways of doing that. The best way is obviously asking the person, why did you do what you do mm. or what you did? Mm. What do you see that I don't? Yep. And the second best is going back to reflection is at least trying. Go to a situation where you were a middle manager and think like, hmm, might there have been a lot of pressure here? I know he's wearing a wedding ring and he has a picture of his family on his desk and then suddenly I saw the picture was, was not there or small things and just at least dare to go into it and not judge other people based on what you see. I, I agree everything what you're saying, but that takes a lot from a person. You have to, in that moment, eliminate yourself and step back. So and, and in that moment, you're probably pissed off. You're probably really angry. And, and, and so you're in the room with the boss, whatever meeting room, and you're angry. And you literally got to call yourself out. Yeah. Step back from yourself yeah. and look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Can I give you a story? I would love to. Um, guy was on the subway. A woman was on the subway. New York City story, of course. <laughs> and... Uh, not the metro, a subway. That's a proper name for it. Proper name. And uh, she sees this guy with his kids, and the kids are running all over the subway car. They're swinging on the handrails. They're treating it like it's a jungle gym, like they're at kindergarten. They're going nuts. <clears throat> and the father's just sitting there doing nothing. Stop after stop, and the woman is losing her mind. She gets up from where she's sitting, goes across the subway car, sits next to the man, and says, excuse me, would you please control your children? The man turns to her, and he says, um, sorry, I guess you're right. They are misbehaving. It um, must be because we just came from the hospital, and they lost their mom. I guess they don't know how to deal with the moment. Exactly. And the woman sat there floored. Same to your story, to the perspective. What about the other person? What are they going through? What could it possibly be? And I share that story because that's the story that I tell myself whenever I force myself to look at someone else from another point of view the what what are they going through mm -hmm. I always play that story out because that's a powerful story you got three kids under your 10 years old their mother just died and they're coming home from the hospital how the hell are those kids supposed to behave and as a father what the hell are you supposed to do I mean so very powerful the things you're sharing you know these are necessary things it's actually funny you say that because I've I played a game on myself to prove my own point, and that's every time I meet someone that I'm interviewing, I'm trying to guess what they will talk about. Mm. Some of the people I know, some of the people I don't know. Like you, I just reached out. Mm -hmm. So I was guessing. So I had obviously seen a couple of your talks. I had read up on you. So 
you started the story exactly the way that I expected it to start. But I'm doing this because I want to prove that I'm wrong. Hmm. Because that's what I need to remind myself. And then you started and you said, I grew up outside of New York. Most of my friends are dead either to drugs or to crime. And you said... You remember the details. Holy crap. And then you say... All those things are just stories. Exactly. And I got the chills like I did now. And then I was like, then you're waiting, like, what is coming now? Are mm. they just stories? For most people, that's hardcore stuff. No. And then you said the story about your son mm. receiving the, the, you know, cancer diagnosis. Mm. And that's to prove my point that you have no idea what people go through unless you ask mm. or unless you truly know them, which how many people on earth do we truly know to that level, right? Mm. So... To just to remind yourself of that will, will make you deal with your surroundings in a much better way yeah. because you won't act. I'll share another personal story, the work-related one. I was in Singapore. I was 26 years old. I had worked in the company. I was headhunted as a kid in shipping. This was the profession I had before I entered into humanitarian business. I was working for the most popular company in Norway. I was given a chance to go to Singapore the golden opportunity, right, that I had worked for for so long. Yeah, I've read about this. This is a big deal. You made it at 26. All right. Yes. And I go there. I want to prove myself, right? I want to show I can deal with this alone. Yeah, this is your moment. This is my moment to shine. Exactly. I go there, six months. I had a horrible uh, time adapting to the culture because I was used to being trusted. And suddenly I come into an office where I'm new. But I had been five years working on my trust in, in the Oslo office. And it's also an Asian culture where you not have the same relationship with your boss and you don't have the same dialogue. There's hierarchy. And to make a longer story short, I struggled for six months. I come home for Christmas break, talk to my boss at home. We agree. Come on, you can do this. Now you've learned. Go back. It's your time to, to make this right. Okay. I shared. I got support. I go there. Day two. Shatter my spine, end up in the hospital, lose my ability and my entire identity as an athlete and as a sporty man. I wasn't even sure if I could walk properly again. All right. Context, right? Massive. Again, I had just come back from getting a second chance. There was no way on earth that I, as a then 27-year-old, would take sick leave because I could do my job from the phone. So in the context of what most people wouldn't even imagine going back to work, I wanted to because I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to prove that not even this is going to stop me from succeeding. And I also felt some form of responsibility, right, of the faith that my boss had in me. So I continued working. I felt that it was not a problem. I was bored anyways in the hospital and I had my phone, right, Mm. to, to work from. Not a problem. But I underestimated the state of my mind. Because then I entered into a small conflict with a colleague in Oslo, communicating only through email. And we all know how that misunderstandings can come from that. All the time. And then an old little misbelief from him that was was reality, that he was kind of a little bit bullying me in in the way that he didn't trust me properly. That was a real fact. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a problem isolatedly, you know, or in the bigger picture. But in that context, when he did that again... I lost it. And then I went to his boss and I said, if his, this guy continues to treat me like this, I will report him to, you know, to HR. 
And I said, you have to get him to stop. And I didn't communicate well. You know, my mind wasn't at a good place. I was scared. I was alone. <gasps> my family wasn't there. I was in Singapore. And bang, what happened? Mm. They didn't see the context. They came back to me harsh. They were like, why are you threatening exactly. a colleague? What happened to exactly. you? And they exactly. didn't understand. Yeah. I didn't understand. And bang. Exactly. Long story short, that was the start of me ending my career in shipping. Not only because of that. It was because I wanted to do something more humanitarian as well. But it was the start of a huge lesson that year. And that was when you're emotional about something, don't enter into stuff like that before you have reflected and thought. I should have left it for a day. Say that waited. again. Say that again. That's a powerful reflection. When you're emotional, if it's in your private life or in your work life, it doesn't matter. When your mind is not right at this moment, don't enter into challenging situations, mm. especially when it has to do with communication or potential conflicts. Mm. It will always end badly. Mm. If it's with your wife, it's with your kid, or if it's with your colleague, it will end badly. Just be 100% sure. And then coming into that a couple of years later, I have managed to catch myself in that a couple of times. I'm tired. I'm an entrepreneur. I haven't had vacation in two and a half years. We've always had these tiny little things happening, obviously, this tension when, you, when you're trying to achieve something like that. Small things happen. I don't get it in the way I, I want, and I feel that someone is mistreating me, that it's unfair. And mm. here comes the golden button for all humans, right? It's unfair mm. from my perspective. And then I'm going up on my horse and I'm lecturing people like, and then I caught myself like, oh, wait a minute. Now you're doing it again. Yeah. Wait, and I waited until the second day. <coughs> and then I rewrote the email and then I caught myself in doing exactly the same. I didn't allow myself to ask the person on the other side, why are you reacting in a way that I feel is unusual for you. And we don't give people that opportunity. I know Thomas now, I consider you a friend, which means if you do something to me that will make me feel bad, I know that there's something in your context that's not right. Mm. Because I know Thomas and Thomas wouldn't do that. Mm. So like for example, when I tried to reach out for you earlier this year, you were a bit short. Mm. in your communication mm. probably stressed right mm. probably something <laughs> happening exactly. right i don't know what part of the world i was when i was responding to you yeah yeah exactly so if i didn't give you the benefit of knowing you i potentially could have just said ah oh, typical director guy yeah. came in did an interview said this human aspect was all awesome and that went home and forgot about us right i could yeah. have done that yeah. typical thing to do yeah but i knew that was something wrong it didn't match with the impression that i had and i trust myself on that mm. so then i just waited and i kindly reminded you and then suddenly we met and then it's back to the same impression mm. so daring to do that is for me the golden key of reflection here going into 2019 dare to always ask if you feel that you're unfairly treated because i would say that for most of those cases that person didn't see your perspective or didn't mean for that to happen. I, I think that is so freaking 
important what you're saying, everything you're saying. Um, That's what you can find in these uh, interviews, you know, you don't... You don't How many interviews have you done on the youth? 300 do we have now. 300 interviews on humanaspect.com. Yes. Jesus Christ. So you can go in there for reflection. You can even watch your interview without having that as your experience because your interview will just challenge me to think in a little bit different way. Mm. Just give me one sentence from that interview that you don't get from Game of Thrones. Mm. or from Vikings or, mm. or the other things that we might be tempted to watch. And there's mm. nothing wrong with that. Then you're resting your brain. Yeah. The human aspect is not resting your brain. No. The human aspect is for inspiration and reflection. The human aspect is for taking your emotions and putting them on steroids. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, when I was watching the videos before you came, um, what I was just captivated by when I was watching the videos were people's faces, their eyes, the twitching in the cheeks mm. and you could see that they were so deep into wherever they were and experienced it again how many times you have an authentic conversation with someone that, well, for you because of your job <laughs> you have it all the time 300 times but for the rest of us mere mortals we don't get that and a lot of people were married honeymoon night maybe the last time you <laughs> saw some emotion on that person's face you know yes um I think what you're saying where people have to remove or, or, or say give the other person the benefit of doubt and think about what is what is they experience from their side, that resonates so, so loud. But then as well, yes, the other person, give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes, think about them. But you also have to do work on yourself too. Yeah. Of daring to think, what did I do last year that was part of me not reaching my goals, for example? Mm. All of us have goals these days. It's very popular to have goals. So some of them you reach, some of them you don't. If you have a lucky year, you reach all of them and even beyond. It doesn't really matter, which is the fact of those. Because if you don't reflect, there's nothing to learn. And that goes if you did something wrong or if you succeeded beyond what you could uh, imagine. I agree. I agree. Like you so. talked about earlier, mm. you did 100 keynote speaks, uh, speeches in 2017 and you said you still didn't feel that potentially there was something out of it but yeah. because what are we really learning it's it's just a it's just a number it doesn't mean anything no to get there and then what yeah it was and the wrong goal exactly yeah. for you as a person for yeah. another person it could be the right goal yeah. but that also well that's, that's it, what I mean, I'm just, saying it's interesting it was the right goal for me in the beginning of the year yeah and as I matured at the end of the year, it absolutely was the wrong goal. That's your lesson. That's my lesson. And yeah. that's why you adjusted. That's why you only did 55 this year and you were more picky. And hopefully yeah. you got more out of those 55 than you got out of the 100 the year before. Absolutely. Both personally, and but absolutely. also in terms of you know, reach and, and, and all of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the lesson here as well in the world of social media, in the world of comparing with everyone around you, is that... In the end of the day, the only way that you will succeed in this life is if you dare to be honest with yourself. And that is the toughest thing on the planet. I had to go through that and I was lucky because I shattered my spine. So I was forced to think. Yeah. And that's when I came to the realization that almost ruined me in a way that I thought I was the best operations manager in the company. And on all the things you could measure, I was. You know, in the sense of uh, the margins, in the sense of following up contracts, in the sense of cost versus, you know, preliminary, all that. I was 
kicking them out of the room. But there was one aspect that I forgot about, and it was the networking social aspect. I don't drink, so normally I would go home at 11. I didn't understand how much of the business happened after 11 because I didn't accept who I was in that context. And when I realized that, that's when I understood that, okay, I'm not going to start drinking. That wasn't the lesson. The lesson was, I have to do it my way. So now I'm networking more than ever, but in my way, during the day, during events, following up people like with you, Mm. talking properly with with the contacts that I have. And suddenly I realized I wasn't number one. I was in the bottom of operations managers. So now I also know that taking that lesson into the human aspect and the entrepreneurial world is probably why we're going to succeed going forward. Because if I look at the two and a half years and what we had achieved, it is my networking ability and my ability to capture people quickly before you go into the dinner and before you go into the drinks Mm. is why I can connect with that many people. If not, I would have had to join and I would have had to go and take, you know, join you on an event and a dinner and then talk to you for two hours and then ask you if you wanted to join an interview. Mm. I did it via LinkedIn because it's my way and I'm good at it. I love that. I think you're putting this whole thing together. What you're saying is find your own way, right? And, and, and business school is called a blue ocean strategy. You can buy the book and it's a great book and all that. But that was your blue ocean strategy. I'm going to do it my way and it's working. Yes. But let me emphasize, because I think you're being too humble, the, in, the emotional release you get from going to the human aspect website. What you've accomplished, I've never experienced before because it's a freaking website that I'm getting emotional about. And you have 300 people sharing their soul. So for a lot of people who are listening to this, a lot of people think, how do I find out who I am? How do I tap into myself? How, 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 how? I swear to you, go to the human aspect. Com. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, when I'm paying me, you're a friend of mine. But f- for next year, I think the shortcut, I swear to you, just start at your website. I just click one video and as always, you know, watch another video. That's not resonating with me right now. That's fine. You'll find another one. And all of a sudden, you'll see something and it's clicking with you. You're seeing yourself, you're seeing parts of you. Where do you see that in life? Where do you get that? You don't get that freaking Instagram and Facebook. That's the exact opposite crap. The most superficial thing there is. What people need to do is find out who the hell they are so we can meet you. We haven't met people, you know? I mean, I'm stuck on this married couple thing because it's all over me, all around me. And that is that, again, other than honeymoon night, when was the last two times you both met each other? Yeah, and you actually got to know the person that you love. The exactly. person that you built something with. That goes for your friends as well. When did you last, for the ones who are not married, when did you last ask a question that wasn't just about how they were doing now? Exactly. That was an actual question. I, I used to say, say this from, from stage, and I still do, is that we need to ask the question, how are you, and wait for the answer. Because that is also the important part of why you want to share. 
if I'm if I'm popping by the office and I see you and then I just say feeling good Thomas question mark what are you gonna say all right exactly but if I ask you how are you Thomas and I start walking away from you what are you gonna say see you later if I ask you how are you Thomas stopping by your desk looking you into the eye like I'm doing now showing you that I'm I'm waiting for an answer I would pause you would probably hopefully say something right and if you were doing good or bad it doesn't really matter but you would answer honestly and you would also feel that I saw you in my busy life I gave you two seconds to five minutes depending on what you were saying if you just said no it's actually going great it's a great week thank you very much see you later can, can I add one to that yeah exactly I would touch the person I would touch them on the shoulder hmm? how are you exactly touching as well as the extra element exactly and 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 it's not not better you know all different tools of but um what we're missing in society today is touching yeah we're so scared of it exactly especially at work right oh female colleague can't touch you on the shoulder and ask you how you are without it being like come on we're we're smart people it's there's a difference between touching someone on the shoulder and asking you how you are as a good colleague in, in, in sexual harassment exactly we need to really avoid black and white why does everything have to be so black and white that's what i believe is causing all the different challenges that we have in society now mm. because people are being forced to decide and i think some people like that they're being forced to decide because then they don't have to make the decision themselves and yeah. that's bad that's really bad because you don't own your life and we're a whole conversation about been about owning your life wake up mm. exist and own your life which is a very very painful thing to do but again and i'm plugging i don't give a crap this is my podcast and that is if you're having trouble tapping into you i mean that is if you if you if you say i'm a better person than i am i want to be a better person how do i do that i swear you you know shut the netflix off and kill the youtube go on human aspect watch videos of people opening up their soul and you will find a piece of yourself and you begin the journey when you get off the journey because life messes with you had a bad day boyfriend girlfriend da 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 go back to the website watch a couple of videos different videos you got 300 of them and find yourself again Yeah. I, I swear to you guys are like the Netflix drugs of 2019. You know, the good drug, not the bad one that kills my hours, but actually makes me wake up and love life and enjoy the hours that I have coming up. You know, yeah. I really, really, really mean what I say, that uh, this is the most important discussion, and what you've done is the most important website to be built for humanity. And the human aspect name is... Lucky serendipity you absolutely nailed it i want to thank you personally of course and to all the people who will listen to this in the future all you right now they're all going i want to meet you i want to meet you i want to meet you if they could uh, how can they contact you how can they reach out to you the beauty of this is that we are we are not just the videos 
We are also on Instagram, which is specifically quotes from ordinary people like yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not that ordinary, Thomas, but <laughs> yeah, still. My kids think I'm extremely ordinary, <laughs> but that's another discussion. <laughs> so, so you can have us in your daily life as well. You can have those quotes that you love, but they're not from Gandhi. They're not from Mandela. Yeah. They're from the Thomases of the world. Yeah. And they're as smart. I would even sometimes argue they're smarter. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, you will have those little, little trailers and those little tasters where you can also have us in a bad week where you just need that quick two minute inspiration where you don't want to watch 30 minutes of Thomas because you're not in that mood and that's okay and then after that you can go to the platform you can reach us on Instagram if you want if that's where you are you can reach us on Facebook or in the platform under the contact part and of course I'm Jimmy Westerheim I'm lucky enough to be the only one on the planet with that name so LinkedIn and Facebook there will be only one result after you press enter. And you, said, and you said you're going to launch a podcast soon? We are going to launch a podcast on Friday that's called Everyday Psyche. So just before Christmas weekend, where we're going to talk with different people, you're definitely going to be invited, where we're going Thank to you. challenge people on talking about the openness of mental health in the everyday life. Mm. Because the new statistics that came out is very tough and everybody has mental health absolutely the question is if it's good or bad now today tomorrow in a week in a month mm. so just dare to talk about these things and make them more common mm. it's not supposed to be a trend to have depression but mm. it's, it's supposed to be something that everybody knows what is so mm. that you can handle it mm. because in the end of the day life goes up and down and that's how you learn from the ups and the downs, if you dare to reflect and ask yourself the question, mm. what did I learn from this week? I ask myself actually each week, what did I learn? And I have this with my colleague as well. We're challenging each other. What did you learn today? No, we don't do it every day. We do it when we remember it. But each week I ask myself, what did I learn? Not everybody can interview people for a living. So I'm lucky I learn a lot from, from you guys that I interview, but for most of us, we have learned something mm. and then you avoid that state of apathy which we just talked about where yes. you're just existing you're just waiting for the weekend you're yeah. waiting for a holiday you only have one life come on people mm. do you really want to do that mm. it doesn't matter what your life state is but please live it so to my last two bits of advice before we end this thing and you remind me of it number one exactly what you said now so I'm calling my own self out this whole thing I'm saying, the new year is coming. What bullshit, right? This moment right now, you're hearing this damn podcast, you just begun. Yeah. Why are you waiting for January 1st? And I go, who gives a shit? Yeah. This is your moment. From this moment on, you are what you are meant to be. That's, that's, that's how easy it is and how difficult it is. So don't disrespect yourself and wait till January 1st. Oh, crap. Right now. You're the ultimate version of you. Number two, as you were talking, I got a beautiful picture. A way of starting conversation and communication. We're talking about mental health and all these things like that. These are very, very difficult things to talk about with family, friends, and anybody. Yep. But there's a way to do it with your website. This is what I recommend. I recommend for everyone to start off with your, your closest friend or your husband or your wife sit down and watch the videos together. Yep. Call a friend on the phone, 
I have a friend who's living in Wisconsin, where you're in Oslo. I'm going to call him, and I'm going to tell him, watch these two, three videos. And then I'm going to call him back and say, let's talk about it. By watching those videos, it puts you in a different emotional state, and you're open, and now you can have a conversation with that person that you, with, with what was difficult before, you now are already starting such at a deep level. I think these people who, people who are married, people who are struggling in relationships, watch a couple of videos, and you'll be at that point. You know, everybody's saying, how do we communicate again? Watch a couple of these videos, and you'll communicate like you've never communicated before. You have given, seriously, you've given a gift to humanity. I am in love with the gift you've given us. Thank you, Jimmy. Pleasure. And uh, I'll see you soon on your podcast. For sure. So uh, this is Thomas Anglero for the Soul of Innovation podcast. You want to reach me, come to visit anglero.com. Uh, go forth, spread beauty and light. And remember, I love you. Take care. Bye-bye. Till next time.